like I just felt like he was a weird way to like get kids indoctrinate them into basically looking down on the homeless. Do not talk to me about indoctrination. Um, <laughs> Assuming direct control. <laughs> this so, podcast hurts you. <laughs> well, that's factual. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I'm like trying not to yell. Wow, that hurts. That hurt me. Man. Ooh. Uh, so. As a, as a quick video game news, uh, there are rumors that they're going to be doing an HD remaster of Mass Effect. The don't, Mass Effect trilogy. See, you can't tell me this and then tell me this is some rumor that's going to be debunked. Please don't don't be lying it, to me. It sounds more real than past rumors, which is why this is the only reason why I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe. I trust you, Ashley. If that fucking happens, dude, you won't see me for a while. I'm going to have to take time off work. You won't see me. Matter of fact, what we should do is literally just like live stream it. Um, yes, because content. <laughs> ah, we live in a content world, and I am a content girl. <laughs> well, see, it's weird. Like I went like for Thomas Dolby because in my head it's like do 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 content. <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah. Like, I'm a little burnt out, weirdly enough, on remasters because, like, the last few that came out were, like, really good. And now I think a lot of companies are like, oh, shoot, we should get on this train. But if it's Mass Effect, I, I have to support that. There's no way I can. As somebody who still plays the original the original trilogy on, like, PS3 and shit, like, please remaster it. Please make the controls, like, better. Because, like, I love Mass Effect 1. It's great. However, like, playing through that game is a slog, not because of story or pacing or any of that stuff, but because, like, the actual gameplay is just, like, so fucking stressful because the AI doesn't know what they're doing and you, like, phase in and out of shit and get, like... (sighs) I can't tell you how many times I've played through that, like, Benezia fight and gotten, like, stuck in the wall and had to, like, restart just because, like, the game gets sick for a moment, like... Right? That sweet, sweet game over music as I yell at it. Well, the other, actually, not you. Which, if you have not listened to our Mass Effect episode, please do so. So, transition. We should transition into what we're actually talking about today, which is neither Mass Effect nor the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But it is kind of a remaster in its own right. So, real quick, let's hit that theme song. Sorry, I'm doing like the the step up to dance routine. Like, it's like, oh. it's like half a Marianne, but like half like. Oh man, there was a tweet. I don't remember if it was this week or last week. I don't know. It was a recent tweet um, calling out the dance routine from Save the Last Dance and how fucking weird and stupid it is. People are just now realizing this. Like, it was weird and stupid then. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I just completely just alienated a good chunk of our listeners. 
don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a movie, but that that dance routine was always awkward. It was just very strange. And that was a movie that I, I know I've seen, but I haven't seen it very many times. So, like, re-seeing that dance sequence for the first time in probably, like, a decade or more, I'm just like, this is weird. Like, even for, like, 2000s weird. Yeah. But. I guess we got spoiled on, like, Step Up. And then, I guess, eventually, like, High School Musical. I didn't see High School Musical. I feel like you you needed to have younger people in your existence for that. And, like, my brother is younger than me, but not young enough to have gone through the High School Musical shit. Like, I think I was very much in college when that stuff came out. Yeah, because my, so was I, my little sister was into it, and then my other cousin, because um, they grew up together. And they were very much into High School Musical. And the fact that, like... I, thanks to her, I remember the names of like the One Direction members, like without having to look it up. And now the Jonas Brothers are doing like this concert on Amazon. I'm like, oh my gosh! The last time I remember seeing them, like my sister was not in college, and it's just Jesus, time has flown. <laughs> but we're not talking Jonas Brothers. We're gonna talk some old school 2000s washed hipster music. I shouldn't call. It. Wow, I'm sorry. I should. Re- <laughs> It's, Please do not talk about the music of my formative years in such a negative fashion. I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but now I realize that you're talking about this. I'm like, Jesus, this has been a while ago. I mean, for the most part, yeah. the one thing that saves it is most of these bands are still very much, well, except for Block Party. But anyway. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, for the people out in the back, can you explain what we're doing today? There is an Instagram account. I don't know how I came across them. Uh, someone who's much cooler to me had like shared their information, but uh, Chill Wave Kittens is the handle. And shout out to them because what they did was equal parts amazing and also excruciating and also like re- relationship ending, <laughs> which is they built playoff style brackets, uh, but no teams because there are no sports, but instead bands. Um, some of them are like 2010s indie, uh, some of them are actually specific to just the songs of one particular band, but one we're doing today is probably, oh man, no, not, not even probably, definitely the hardest thing we've had to do because this music is very much the, uh, a lot of the basis of Fashion as Friendship because it's 2000s indie rock. So Ashley was very cool and putting together like a nice little spreadsheet of a bracket. So there, we're going to have like these designations like East, West, you know, South and Midwest, which has nothing to do with the band's affiliation. But we went through these brackets, picked our bands and eventually crowned a champion. And we learned a lot. We suffered a lot. But I feel like we grew as human beings. I think at least I think we did. I don't know. We might have actually just suffered. And that was probably the end of it. <laughs> grew some gray hair. That might have been it. <laughs> <laughs> But did you get that cool, like, Wayne Coyne gray hair? Like, you know, like that Flaming Lips type shit? Because if I want to go gray, I want to go gray like Wayne. Like, his hair is immaculate. So, I have friends around my age, and even younger, that have started graying already. And knock on wood, but, like, that's that's not me. My, like, quarantine roots have grown back in. They're basically like, oh, um, the natural brown on my head is just, like, a couple shades lighter than the rest of the dyed hair. All right, cool. I just look weird. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, what I need desperately is a haircut, which is, is fine. They make headbands for a reason. Anyway, 
So let's go ahead. We'll do east and west first. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, we'll do east and west because that right there is going to be enough. Like, let's not overload our plates because, man, these first, well, maybe not the first one, but round one is going to be tough in and of itself. So let's get right into it. All right. So first matchup in the east is uh, the Yayayas and Destroyer. What? Was this one hard for you? Actually, yes, but not in the way I was thinking. Because, you know me, I absolutely love the new pornographers. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate them as a collective, and I do appreciate that group uh, solo. They're basically like the Canadian indie rock version of the Avengers. (laughs) And I guess in that group, I would say that Dan Behar is kind of like their Tony Stark. And he's kind of hard to figure out. He's complicated. He's kind of all over the place in a good way. But at the same time... Karen O, and maybe I'm putting her on a pedestal, and I don't need to, like, do that, but Karen O's a statement, so I had to go yeah, yeah, yes, because, I mean, my God. I mean, I'm here for it. I did the same thing. Um, Destroyer was not a band that I was familiar with. There were there were only one or two bands on this bracket that I was like, I don't know you, or I don't remember you, but Destroyer was one of those, and, like, do you fucking dig this shit? It's great. So while they may not have, uh, they may not have made it out of the first round. They definitely made a fan of me. It's that that sort of like funky, like dark wave shit. That's very fun, and you know me, I love, I love some gothy synths. Hell so. yeah, synths in general are well, <laughs> unless you're playing either Mass Effect or Fallout, synths are awesome. <laughs> Wub 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 wub, you just died. Wub 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 wub. As the camera just rotates around your dead body. Oh man! Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> Thanks for getting me killed. You are welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, the next matchup mm. was very very easy. Um, this was also very easy I, for me. I was going to say you and I probably went very differently on this. It was uh, Arcade Fire and Block Party. Anybody that has listened to this podcast knows my intense admiration and warm, fuzzy feelings towards Arcade Fire. So this was a very easy push forward for me. I also don't particularly care for Block Party. Block Party fills that that little void of bands where like the lead singer sounds like this. And it's just like kind of like screaming guitars and shit in the background. And I'm like, I have the Kaiser Chiefs for this. I don't need Block Party for wow, this. Wow. Okay. Didn't yeah, know you felt sorry. that way about that. No, that's fine. I appreciate your opinion. <laughs> I just, hmm. Like, you, and I feel that Block Party, unfortunately, gets judged so harshly for like the later half of their career because, you know, the lineup changes and the mm-hmm. albums are just, they don't hit the same. But like, those first three, like a week in the, well, no, Silent Alarm, Weekend in the City, and I would even say Intimacy, like, they're solid mm-hmm. albums. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, I get it because it definitely rode a wave of indie rock that tended to sound similar. And while, you could argue who originated it, but Kaiser Chiefs definitely popularized. Man, I love the Kaiser Chiefs. But I don't know, man. This block party slender hurts. And to me, I just feel like Arcade Fire, and this is coming from someone who's dumb pretentious. Arcade Fire uh-huh. is pretentious as hell. And they're like, uh, oh, yes. they're so important. And I'm like, how? Why are they important? <laughs> because Arcade Fire walked so like half of the bands on this bracket could run. Mm. Come at me. You know I'm right. No, you're not you right. You hate it. You hate it, but I'm right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think you're right, but that's okay. But no, this is this was the clear choice, and honestly, and maybe this is wrong of me, and I swear I don't do this a lot. I saw Arcade Fire and was like, I'm clearly not going to click that. Like, I get what they did for the scene. And for mm-hmm. that era, they definitely put Indie Rock in a place. And especially, like, getting, you know, some very good buzz, you know, Oscar nominations. And it was fun being in a room with all my cousins watching the Grammys and everybody go, who the hell's Arcade Fire? <laughs> and yet, like, I respect them, but I just feel like they don't deserve as much like i've heard better bands maybe block party isn't that band but i've heard better bands i just lost all the listeners i'm so sorry (laughs) shit i quit listening um (laughs) (laughs) this is is where it ends we didn't even get two brackets like two sections in of the east and we're already done I we are gonna have an arcade fire episode at some point because I'm gonna make you sit down and listen to one of these albums and I it will be it'll be a fun exercise to get you to sort of like put your baggage aside and just listen to an album and see what you think because I there's enough stuff that arcade fire does that you're into that I know you would like this shit and I'm not trying to like force it on you no I just no, I was saying no. You're not forcing it on me. I'm sorry. That was no. I think that you'll like it, and I want I want good things for you. Oh, like okay, maybe because one of the bands that we're going to talk about pretty shortly had the same thing. Where I feel like yes. now that we're a ways removed from the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. I could maybe go back with like a new, fresh perspective, being older and slightly less, you know, overly opinionated about things and just enjoy Arcade Fire. Because I know when we did the the playlist episode and that one song you had put on there from the suburbs, I enjoyed. And yeah. I was just kind of like, oh man, like, am I going to be like a major fan? No, but it's better than I remember them being. So I will definitely give you that. Yeah. All that said, they did not advance. I'm so sorry, Arcade Fire. That's uh, all right. Go back to the <laughs> suburbs. Or... I was going to make a funeral <laughs> joke, but then I'm like, eh. Let me read from my neon Bible. <laughs> uh, Sorry, that was bad. Uh, I'm here for it. It's fine. It's early. Um, so, <laughs> the next matchup mm. was probably very easy for you. Um, so, this was easy. This was the thermals and the white stripes. So, what did you do here? I actually suffered a little bit because, yeah. you know me, like, I live and breathe the thermals, like, a lot. Like, I fuck with them heavily. And I know that's where my head was going to go, but at the same time, it's like the white stripes. You know, talking about the 2000s indie alternative rock, what have you. Much like Arcade Fire and bands like The Strokes, you know, The White Stripes, you know, those the bands at early 2000s that we all kind of mocked, but we all loved. Yes. They are great. And Jack White's awesome. And I love like the raconteurs and, you know, the dead weather grew on me. And I think he's a great musician and very influential. And he and Meg were such a great pairing musically, and it was very simple, but they got so much mileage out of a dynamic, and I felt like since The White Stripes, so many bands, you know, you want to talk about bands that kind of, like, ran, you know, ran because they walked, like, you know, I think about, like, the Black Keys, maybe even Japan Droids, like, you know, that dynamic of just... Here's a guitarist. Here's a drummer. Here's just like this very simple, no frills rock music. And the White Stripes did that so well. And I think I never, I never would have quit like the the White Stripes walk so the Japan droids could run. But like, yeah, no, you're you're spot on. That's really interesting. 
And maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. But yet, Uh the thermals, to me, like, that was a band, both musically, lyrically, and just personally. And I don't know if I told a story on a podcast before, but, you know, having followed them for a while, they played in Hoboken and Maxwell's. And um, Atlas, shout out to Atlas if he's listening to this, <laughs> uh, my agent Atlas buddy. We went to go see them in Hoboken. And I don't know, if, well, Maxwell's unfortunately is no longer around, but, you know, legendary right. venue. The one cool thing about Maxwell's is is that it's small. And even though it's hard to find parking, and I know it's a problem for bands trying to, like, park and, like, move their gear there's no real backstage. So a lot of times bands would pretty much be in the main hallways or like on the the show floor. So we were walking in after pre-gaming and literally it's like Hutch, Kathy and uh, Weston are just standing in the hallway and I'm like, they're here. And I'm trying so hard to like be an adult, be a professional. Don't freak them out because I'm pretty sure the three of them could probably take you out because they're super sweet. But, you know, someone ran up on me. I'd probably punch myself in the throat. (laughs) (laughs) And I basically was like, can we get a picture? And they're like, yeah. And they're real cool. And, you know, we saw the show. And at the time I was doing Hop Snobbery, the music blog. And after the show, I figured, you know what? Let let me just chat with him. And Weston was like putting up his drumming gear. And I remember just saying hi and thanking him for a great show and handed him uh, my card. And he was like, oh, yeah, and I read your stuff. It's pretty cool. And I'm like, thank you. And then he's like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll be in touch. And I turned around and like silently screamed because I'm like, I don't know if he actually did read it. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But like I took that and literally floated home. <laughs> I mean, a lot of that was probably the alcohol, but oh, and I, I miss them so much. I missed them so much. And it's like, if there were ever time we needed a band, the thermals, we need them now. Because this is unfortunately something that they've had to do more often than they should have. But I need somebody to, to speak to some nonsense right now. Uh, you're making me feel bad. <laughs> so, so you advanced the thermals. And I did not. Um, <laughs> but I know you, like, rolled the white stripes real hard. Iggy Thump is just such a fucking stellar album. It is. It's so good. I I really like the white stripes. Fucking, I could never hear Seven Nation Army, and it would, again, and it would be too soon. Being a sports fan, you hear that song way too fucking much. But, like, other than that, I'm here for the white stripes catalog in general. It's very fun. And I... I like the thermals. Um, I'm just not as familiar with their stuff. So, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever your choice may be, I moved the white stripes forward. It just felt like a pretty easy choice for me. Actually, what we could do though is um, you pick a white, uh, you pick a Arcade Fire album. I'll pick a Thermals album, and we'll go from there. That would be dope, actually. True. Here for that. Okay. Um, mm. <laughs> I feel like this next matchup put you through it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so the next matchup in the East for the first round is the National versus Death Cab for Cutie. Battle of the Sad Sacks. Battle of the fucking saddest of Sad Sacks. So for me, this was pretty easy. I enjoy the. I enjoy both bands, honestly, a fuck ton. But Death Cab is one of those bands that like formulated who I was as a person, which sounds really fucking pretentious and awful, but like No, be pretentious and awful. Fuck it. They Those first those first two, three Death Cab albums were everything to me back then. So 
this was one where I like the national, like fucking High Violet is almost a perfect album, but like it's Death Cab, Death Cab advances mm. easily. I want, I wanted to advance Death Cab so bad because you're right. They were a thing, trademark symbol. Yeah. But yet I'm like, I don't know, man. Like this was this was tough because the other ones are like, oh, this is easy. Boop. This is easy. Boop. This one maybe a little questionable, but boop. I hit the button. This one, I'm like, man. But the naturally, you're right. Between High Violet and Boxer is a yes. very underrated album, and I, I know I raved about that before in another episode. Uh, go listen to that, please. Um, <laughs> available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, <laughs> like I didn't know what to do, but then I broke it down between and actually even death cab's later catalog is really good i just want to point that out like especially like the narrow stairs plans era yeah still pretty solid but yet the national like i i feel like maybe hit for hit if we were to do that death cab would clearly win but when like in a national i think they're maybe not as consistent which is not a complaint but the songs that hit they hit like exile vilify alone which wasn't even on an album i think it was from like portal 2 Jesus. That's oh, so- hell yeah. I totally forgot that was a thing. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's Portal Puzzles and uh, GLaDOS is funny and Wheatley's cool. But nope. all of a sudden, when you hear that song played in the game, and especially where you hear it, you're uh-huh. like, oh my god. Hey, what's up? You're about to feel some feelings right now. Enjoy. It took me a while to actually move past that part. And then it's such a great song. Oh, and the, honestly, the main reason why the national went forward. Did you ever hear their cover of, uh, the Thanksgiving song from Bob's Burgers? No. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember the episode, the Thanksgiving episode where, um, God, I can't remember her name right now. Is it Louise, Bob's wife? Yeah. Yeah, where she basically has like this Thanksgiving song that she just sings, and it's like this overly peppy, kind of kitschy song, and they turned it into like this somber indie rock. <laughs> oh, you mean they turned it into a national song? Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it is so good. But yeah, the national went for it. I'm sorry, Ben Gibbert, and now he's probably going to write a semi-problematic synth-pop album about it. <laughs> I think you and I have talked about this on mic before, how Ben Gibbard feels like he should he should be canceled, but he hasn't done anything yet. Are we pre-canceling people now? I mean I think just him. Now, I would honestly just cancel him just for the fact that um I will possess your heart does not need to be eight minutes. There is the radio version. Yeah. But it's where not they a, cut out the the five minutes of bullshit. It's literally the same thing over and over again. I'm like, what is this? I don't I just don't know who it's for. It doesn't it doesn't this sounds stupid, but like it doesn't do anything to progress the plot forward. <laughs> it's it literally doesn't. just like spinning the musical version of just like spinning your wheels for five minutes. <laughs> just, it's so stupid. It really is, but yeah, I don't know what the hell. This next one, no, this is where we're gonna I feel like we're we're oh. going a ways here. I'm sorry. Like Yeah. I mentioned it earlier, but the last two first round matchups in the East were really fucking brutal. So the first of those two brutal matchups was the Strokes and Bell and Sebastian. My God, why would they do this? Chill Wave Kittens, if you're listening, I love you, but this is too much and you knew what you were doing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting you on blast in the friendliest way possible. Why would you do this to us? So what did you do here? I'm a late bloomer to the Strokes. You know, again, talking about bands that were, like, super popular when they came out and not really letting them breathe. But then, again, like, come on. Last night, like, it's hard to explain. I know they're singles, but even just 
Like, the singles were really good, and the deep cuts were even better. They're just so oh. good, and they're solid. And that new album is... It slaps. It's so it, good. It, it rips so much harder than it had any right to. And it's like, don't call it a comeback, but it's definitely the comeback of the year. But Bell and Sebastian, that's a band. That's that, you know, right out of high school, I'm going to be pretentious and literally just sit in, like, you know, the coffee shop and just... You know, me and the major, uh, get me away from here, I'm dying. Dear Catastrophe Waitress, just if she wants me. Hell, even a lot of the Life Pursuit, which is not even my favorite, which I know we argued about that once before, and I'm so sorry. No, that album rules. You're you're incorrect, but I, I'll allow it. But they're just, it's they're such a mood, and they're fun, and their live shows are engaging. They tell great stories, they're funny, and I just love the fact that at, you know, at one point in the show, you know, they always are just interactive, and they just, for a band that tends to be so kind of melancholy, they're just so much fun. And the shows do too, but you're right, they do different things, but I went down Sebastian. That's fair. As much as it killed me to do it, I did go Strokes here. I respect that. Because while you were kind of a late bloomer to them, I was not. (laughs) (laughs) So I have fucked with them for the better part of a decade or more, and oh man. For anybody that has never really done a deep dive into the Strokes, you are fucking missing out because the I feel like the the radio singles that they put forward are just not are not the best foot forward for these guys. But that's um, still better than most. Like if that's not their best foot forward, it's still leaps and bounds better than a lot of stuff that's out. Yes. So just go listen to Room on Fire or like Fresh Impressions of Earth. Like just go go. Pick up a Strokes album. God, room on there are no bad ones. <laughs> so, as much as I love Bell and Sebastian, because I do immensely, um, the Strokes move forward for me. This next matchup. <laughs> like I said, this is deliberate, man. This this feels deliberate because these two bands do very similar things. And this is a matchup that feels like it was designed to cause me specifically pain. <laughs> and stuff. Like, why would you pit our indie rock dads against each other? It's very rude, and I hate you for it. Um, so the last first round match of the East is Wilco and the Decemberists. Jeff v. Colin. Dawn of, Fucking, <laughs> Dawn of Indy Rock. Just, I, I don't. I don't even, I'm so irritated by it. I don't even want to fucking talk about it. Like, it just makes me so I just went Decemberist. I'm so sorry, Jeff, Tweety. Like, <laughs> I love Wilco so much, but then why would they put the, them against the Decemberist, the band that we both, I mean, you love them, I think, even on a deeper so level than much. I ever will. But still, they're so great. Literally, like, if you had put Wilco in, in any of these other fucking brackets, like, they might have come out, like, in the final four. So, it... It did hurt me to move the Decemberists forward. No, but they're especially still so considering great. like Jeff Tweedy is is St. Louis adjacent. Like one of their most popular songs is about playing concerts here in St. Louis at the down at the landing, and like oh, my heart, my whole fucking heart. But it's Colin Malloy. It's the Decemberists. I'm sorry. Like to have a song about killing a dude in a whale. Like you can't you can't top that. And I'm mad. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Let's just move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I feel like, I broke, like <laughs> you broke Ashley, Chili kittens. You broke her. This is my very good friend. This is my partner crime, and now she's she's torn asunder, spiritually uh, just destroyed. Was it worth it? I mean, let me work. Get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I also realized that I uh, messed up the seating a little bit. So this is actually uh, the Strokes. The Strokes matchup and then the Wilco matchup are part of the technically the West designation. Uh, I just didn't scroll far enough. Don't even worry it about it because it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So then there's two more matchups here in the West in the first round. Uh, both of them caused me less pain than the previous one. You needed something. Like, you needed, yeah. like, a, a salve of some sort to kind of get you through it. Because this one, I know I'm probably going to lose my card, but I don't really roll with these bands nearly as much as a lot of people do, but I just want Broken Social Scene. So we've got Broken Social Scene and Franz Ferdinand. Uh, I fuck heavily with Broken Social Scene. Shout out to my Canadian homies. And Franz Ferdinand is fine. They're for somebody. Yeah. They're, no, and like, they're good. They do, what they are is like a really solid band who does some really interesting little tricks that are cool. But, I don't know, I fucking love Broken Social Seed, so this was like a really easy, just like, boop, right forward. I just think that they're, they stay in their lane. Like, they're consistent, they know what they're going for, and I've heard that they put on a really good live show. I would imagine that that would be the case. Broken Social Scene, like right? Like, they're show. just not, they're a completely different vibe. Like, that's that's definitely more of your, like, you're going to con- contemplate some some stuff on this one. Chris yes. Bernand, I think they're a part, like, I, to me, they feel like a party band. And I mean, there's nothing really wrong with that. There's just, no. you, look in the, you listen to BSS, like, after a show as you're sobering up. Yes. <laughs> All right, so the last first-round matchup in the West, we have Spoon and we have Bright Eyes. Um, I don't particularly care for Bright Eyes, so this was very easy because I also fuck with Spoon. I even, I think, yes, my Tuesday Tunes playlist, which is available to you on Spotify, uh, (laughs) has, has a Spoon song on it because... I fuck with them. They're great. They're also just one of those bands that's just like very fun. Yeah. It's they're not like a part they're not like a Franz Ferdinand party band. There's just something about them that's just very like upbeat and fun. I like them a lot. So yeah, like I this was feel very like... easy for me. Like fuck Connor Obers. Wow. Alright, cool. We're doing this. There's <laughs> <laughs> like Spoon and Wilco for some reason. I don't know why I always grouped the two, but they they're kind of like the Ken and Ryu of indie rock. They yes. both do similar th- like wow, okay, I had it. <laughs> like, I would say that Wilco is like a Ryu. It's like, you know, they're powerful, but it's like, you know, they're a little slower paced though. But when you just want something that's like a little bit more upbeat and brash, but you know, still packs a punch, like Hell yeah, that's you go Ken. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm sorry, Ken has a better theme song, don't at me. I'm not going to. I agree with you. <laughs> Welcome to Street Fighter 2 chat. <laughs> oh my god. You are listening to Hadouken. Your host, Adrian and I. Hadouken! Uh, <laughs> Alright, so the second. So I don't think we established this. Um, we're just going to go through these two, the East and the West, and get to uh, our, our championship band from. This round, and then we'll go to the other side. So, we're gonna move forward with the how many ever eight, ten, twelve. I think it's a sweet sixteen at the moment. Yeah, it's very early. 
So we're going to move forward to the next round. So you had Yeah, Yeah, Yes and Block Party mm. as your first matchup here. So how was that? Actually a lot easier than I would have thought. I mean, come on. Like, okay, Block Party and Arcade Fire, just that was just easy because I listen to one band a lot more than the other. But yeah, again, it's Yeah, Yeah, Yes. And even like their quote-unquote weaker albums, or like maybe my less favorite albums, I should say, would Block Party can't touch that. They just, they just can't. Like, it's just, I, it was just, this was such a clear choice. It was almost comical how quickly I advanced Yeah, Yeah, Yes. What are the weaker Yeah, Yeah, Yes albums? I would say Mosquito. And Mosquito, Mosquito was the only one that I didn't really fuck with. So, like, I can't speak to it. It was, it was okay. Like, I know that transition from like Show Your Bones to like the the Is Is EP to It's Blitz was like three different albums, but then like doing three completely different things. Mosquito, maybe I could revisit and feel differently about it. I just I don't know. It wasn't at the time. It didn't hit as much, but then I know she went to her solo work and I think even helped like compose like movies. She did the. Uh, I can picture the little monster guy in my head. Oh, oh, the book, the kids book. Yeah. That- yeah, the kids' book. Where the wild things are. Yes, thank you. I almost thank said where you. the sidewalk ends, but I'm like, that's Shel Silverstein. <laughs> yeah, no, this the soundtrack that she did for that movie was really cool. Didn't she do like a sneaker commercial or something? I remember we used to go to the movies that always play. It was a really weird commercial for a product. I'm like, but even that little like 20 seconds, 30 seconds worth of music was still like better than half the stuff that's out. So of course you've advanced to the next round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I had, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As an arcade fire here. <laughs> so you went through it. Uh, so I went through some things. And I sat down and I moved the I moved Arcade Fire forward. Sorry. And it's it's nothing against Karen O's line of work. Uh she's great. I think like I, all of her albums are really fucking good. It's just it's Arcade Fire. I love her. Sorry. I I have no other Wait, argument. did you advance Arcade Fire over EAAS? Yes. But they she did a whole thing and it turned out it was a Adidas commercial with Spike Jones. <laughs> Oh no, Karen. I I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I did mean it, but I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> pulls out a gun. She starts shooting at your feet. He's like, "Yeah, dance to your dead." I mean, that's fair. Come at me. It's cool. That's fair though. Like, wow, that I don't. I I can't take it personally because I just can't. That's not cool. But I, I'm gonna say this is oof. This is man. Did you expect anything less from me? No, I didn't. I was just hoping maybe that, like, I don't know. I, I presented for all my feminist th- bullshit. Yeah, I did put the white men forward. I'm sorry. Oh, I was. See, wow. I, not, I didn't even think about that. I was completely not even. I was just saying that they just need better music. Okay. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm approaching my environment. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus, I was not even ruined. <laughs> Oh, oh, we have fun on this podcast. Hey, guess what? I derailed the show. It's my job now. No, that was great. Because I'm like, no. That's not- <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, this is very stressful. I'm sorry. It's okay. 
So, talk to me about your pain here. Uh, <laughs> you had you had the thermals in the national. Oh, for a second, talk- I thought this was like a talk space commercial. <laughs> Which they did not sponsor Talk Nineteen, by the way. Just no. yeah, the national and the thermal. Oof. Yeah, talk mm. about that. Talk about pain. Uh, see, okay, this is how we broke it down. Uh-huh. The national does something very hyper specific for me. Yes. When it comes to my listening of them, like yes. I would, or I would definitely not. I definitely wouldn't say that I would listen to them like all day every day. Whereas the thermals, their catalog is kind of so like diverse that you can kind of have multiple experiences sometimes at the same time so naturally they advanced because if i listen to the national all day every day i think my eyes literally fall out of my head from crying too much oh and that's not wow that sounds like i'm really like dissing them but no 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 that's very true the national the national make very sad music all the time all of it is just sad and even like the early albums that were more upbeat, or even some of the Are newer still stuff. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> but God, they're so good at it. Uh huh. They're so good at it, but I'm sorry, but the thermals, like, and they're one of those bands that, like, their demos and their B sides somehow managed to hit even harder than, like, the studio stuff. It's so good. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm not, mm? yeah, I'm not particularly surprised that the thermals move forward. Cause like there's there's only so much sadness you can do before you're like okay I need to have fun even if the fun is like anti-religious weird fun yeah because then <laughs> like there's times where Hutch is playful there's times when he's angry there's times when he's and again all that rolls into one so depending on your mood you can listen to the exact same song and it'll still hit the right way yeah and also I feel like they don't get enough credit for really. I wouldn't say like they're necessarily pioneering, but I think for a lot of bands that came out during that lo-fi era, they're definitely one of the better bands. And I don't know. I just feel like they never really got their due. Like we're going to see think pieces in another five years about how they were one of the most important bands and it'll be too late. Side note, um, all of the think pieces that are coming out in the last couple of years about how Josie and the Pussycats is a masterpiece. Mm, preach. Uh, exactly. I have been fucking tooting this horn for years. Anyway. I'm right. I'm smart. Good for me. <laughs> I've had too much fucking sugar and caffeine this morning. I love it. It has made me stupid. All right. So I had the exact opposite matchup. I had the White Stripes and Death Cat for Cutie mm. here. And hi, hello. I struggled with this. But as much as I love the White Stripes, and I truly do, I think they're great. Again, this was another one where I'm like, in my heart of hearts, like, I understand that, like, the White Stripes, as far as, like, the musical landscape of this time, and blah, 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 probably did more, and were more important, and more, like, groundbreaking, but, like, I fucking just, I love Death Cow, I'm sorry, I am, I don't know, I'm just a little emo kid on the inside, so, like, this, again, was very easy for me to just, like, move them forward, and be like, alright, Jack White, I kind of like the raconteurs better than you anyway. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I said this to somebody and I got the reaction like you would have, I would have said like, I don't know that I, I support pushing children down flights of stairs or something like something just so extreme. I'm like, no, the raconteurs, I think they're, I think a better version of the white stripes and there's no disrespect to Jack or Meg, but it just did something better. Uh, they added more instruments and rounded out the sound and made it fun. 
Oh man! Also, we may have to talk about Consolers of the Lonely at one point because that album is great. Hell yeah! I'm here for that. Let's add it to the list. So we are in the West now. Uh, you had Belle and Sebastian and the Decemberists, hmm. and I do not envy your choice here. <laughs> also, can we change this bracket to the Lonesome Crowded West? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this was don't, not. I don't think we talk about them until next time. Mm. I I made a choice, and then I unmade it, then made it again. Because you know how I feel about Colin Malloy. Like, he's your, you know, your quote indie rock boyfriend. He is. And he's <laughs> such a jerk, but he's brilliant and he knows he's brilliant. And like, I don't even think it's a humble brag at this point. Like, and his, yeah. his, uh, his live streams are so great. It's the high. <laughs> like, <laughs> hello, I am a recording artist. Colin Malloy, here are my gold records. Here are my accolades. What the fuck is up? Also, I'm going to teach you how to play guitar, but I'm going to do it really half-assed really badly. When I'm really just actually just going to play guitar to entertain you. I'm not trying to teach you much of anything. Right. But I just love that, like, turning around. (laughs) Just being like, oh, I didn't see you there. Like, dude, like, come on. (laughs) You know in your whole heart you set this up perfectly. You set this up. (laughs) You had to turn the camera on. Come on, now. Get the fuck out of here. And even as he's playing, he has this look on his face like, oh yeah, that right there, I just I just did that. Like I, yeah. <laughs> extra two notes and your life like just came together. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh my god. And I love them so much. And I did I did a thing actually, and please don't hate me. I advanced Don Sebastian. I I don't hate you. I I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Explain to me why. Not in a, like, you did something wrong, I'm about to punish you, but, like, just explain to me your thought process. uh, I feel like, I feel like maybe, just maybe, and this is no disrespect to them, but I think my nostalgia for, like, my Bill and Sebastian love kind of overrode what is essentially, like, if we were going to go by consistency, like, both of them have been releasing music pretty prolifically since they started. Yes. But I think... Overall, the body of work of the Decemberist is stronger in as much of, like, as far as just its consistency. Bell and Sebastian, like, some of the newer stuff, I don't maybe roll with as much and maybe haven't given as much time, but I always really enjoy it when I do. But I also know that they just, again, filled this very specific, like, need for me. And I just, there was no way both of them were going to go forward. So then I unselected Bell and Sebastian with Decemberist, but then I'm like... I do like them a lot, and the albums I love, I really love a lot, but then there's some that I also didn't spend a lot of time with. Like, this was just hard. Like, I didn't even know if I had a process. This was literally just like Homer during the nuclear meltdown, just eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Like, it just was, let me hit a button, and whatever happens, if we blow up, cool. If we're alive, then also cool. I love them both, but I went Bell Sebastian just because I was a coward. <laughs> Because I just, uh, because there's me now who loves them a lot, and then there's just the me of yesterday that loved Bell Sebastian a lot, and it was like, okay, which <laughs> which master do I serve? And this is talking like a teen where we have a tendency to rush back into our past, so you did that. Exactly. And I'm proud of you. No. <laughs> I just, don't make me do this again, because I'm like, why? Why? Uh... <laughs> Friend, I hate to tell you this, but there's a whole lot more bracket to go. I know. (laughs) This nearly killed me. 
yeah. Uh, so I had a pretty similar meltdown dealing with uh, the Strokes versus the Decemberists. And yeah, I I, I moved the Decemberists forward. Uh, I feel bad about it, but I also don't feel bad about it. No, I think that's a wise choice. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't have a lot to say, even though I love both these bands so much. I just have a stronger connection with the Decemberists. They're a band I've seen live multiple times. They're a band that I stood in the rain for to get tickets. Like, uh, I just, I love them dearly. And I love the Strokes too. I, I just, I guess I fuck a little harder with the Decemberists. So I went to Decemberists and I'm sorry. I apologize to someone. I don't know who. No, Um, I, I honestly, that's the choice I should have made. The Strokes are fine. They'll be okay. The Decemberists, this is the, the Decemberists will also be fine. I have moved them forward. At least one of us has given them due respect. <laughs> I know for someone to claim is like Mighty Rock boyfriend, it's like I had no problem dumping him real quick. Just, it's not you, it's me, Colin. <sighs> You're a sucker for an accent. That's what happened. That is also very true. <laughs> And again, this is the part about doing this show and just kind of like going through these takes is like, we know each other pretty well and I'm kind of predictable that way. <laughs> so this last matchup, this, this last matchup is, is two bands I don't, I like, but I don't have super strong feelings about. So it was just kind of for me, like, who do I fuck with a little bit more than the other one? And it was... I had Broken Social Scene and Spoon, and I think you have the same matchup, actually. Correct. I fuck with Broken Social Scene a little bit more than Spoon, so I bumped them forward. That was really all that the thought process was for me. Right. And I have a feeling your thought process for these two was a little similar, but you moved Spoon forward, because I think you fuck with them a little bit more than I do. Yeah, I definitely went Spoon, and again, I love Broken Social Scene, I just... It didn't happen. Yeah, that's fair. This uh, next one, no, the Elite Eight. I, I keep wanting yeah. to say Elite Four, but I need the, it's the Pokemon <laughs> brain is just. Kind of that that theme is amazing. Like it gets you so hyped. I don't actually know who did the music for the Pokemon games, like the first Pokemon games, but like. Shout out to them, because that shit fucking rules. Like, all the little, the little, like, the songs are so great. Junichi Masuda? I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name, but shout out to you. Hell yeah. Enjoy your pile of money. Which I hope you have, at least. <laughs> okay, so... Hi. How are you? Holy shit. I just realized who your, your next uh, matchup was. Which is, I, I thought, so I figured you were asking how I was doing, because... Yes. You're no, that was, like that was me does. being like, I'm, I'm just want to check in. Do you need anything? Uh, <laughs> do you want to show All right. that? So, for you, you had the yeah, yeah, yeahs and the thermal. Yep. And you had some, some brain trauma. A lot less than you would think. Yeah? And I just, I know, and I've spent so much time... On this episode, other episodes talking about how much like I love Karen L. Yeah, yes, the whole band is just great. But the thermals went forward. Like this is where the AES reign of awesomeness ends, and that's not out of any sort of dislike. It's just more of 
I feel the thermals more, and that's. I think I'm just gonna move on from there because I think if I keep talking, I'm just gonna keep like I'm gonna regret my decision. But I don't, honestly. And even if I just didn't hate them, like they're just their albums are just great. Hmm. Man, like this sucks. I mean, no, it didn't suck. This was actually a lot of fun. But like, don't make me choose. <laughs> and I think that's that's the really important part to sort of keep in mind with this is like I think with the exception of Bright Eyes for me, like I I do actively enjoy most of these bands. And none of, I wouldn't say that any of them are bad. I would say all of them are good and have good moments and are worth are worth investigating if you're not super familiar with them. So like by bumping bands off it's not Oh yeah 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 it's poking soak. It's not that at all. It's just it's just a matter of preference. Sorry, I do enjoy your <laughs> overly opinionated, you know, music. Oh, wait, my my dumb guy voice. <laughs> yeah, dumb guy voice is actually. Funny. <laughs> so speaking of going through some things, hmm. I think you had a hardest time I did. Yeah. So I made a choice, and I feel like it's wrong. Like I felt like there was a correct answer, and then there was the answer that I chose, um, which was the emotional answer. Um, I had Arcade Fire and Death Cab here. Hmm. And hi, hello. It was not fun. I ended up moving Death Cab forward, even though I felt like I think if you sat this down objectively and put forth both bands like bodies of work, like I think Arcade Fire has a stronger body of work. Right. I think that they're more progressive. I think that they've made a bigger impact in their music scene. Um, but it's again, like I just keep coming back to like the, that feeling that like marching bands in Manhattan and like transatlanticism, like that feeling that it gives in my little emo body. And then I just keep moving them forward. So that's what keeps happening. And I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but I'm a little sorry. So uh, apologies to Arcade Fire, a band that I really, truly admire and respect. And uh, congratulations, Death Cab. You made the final four, even though I feel icky about it. Anyway. <laughs> no, that was I, that's a pretty spot on. And I was trying to articulate that with EA as in the Thunder but it was just, it was, it was going to be too much. But it makes sense. Yeah. And I do agree. And like, if that were my choices, but... Yeah, I'm like that's oof. Yeah, hi. We have gone through it. All right, so you had you've got Bell and Sebastian and Spoon. Yes, yes, I do. Easy. This was pretty easy. Okay, I dig Spoon, but they're not Bell and Sebastian. So Bell and Sebastian is gonna meet up with the Thermals for the final four. Cool. Uh, yeah, this was another one that was pretty easy for me as well. I had the Decembris and Broken Social scene. Uh, sorry, my Canadian friends. Uh, my Portland friends moved forward. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you had the Thermals and Bell and Sebastian for your final four. How was that? I, mm. <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> Keep that pause in, by the way, because <laughs> I didn't, this is not, because it would have been Thermals in December, and I feel like I still would have had a similar, because you know what, it's weird, because mm-hmm. I'm such a huge fan of Thermals, 
I was actually trying to actively not have them advance because I felt like I was making it too easy for me. And I don't uh-huh. know if that's a good call or if that makes it like less entertaining, but like, of course they're my favorites. And I felt like once they were on this list, I would have had a better time trying to figure it out because I'm too into them. And I was trying to find a way to get Bill and Sebastian to advance, but by and large, it just, it wasn't happening. So the Thermals went to the championship round and not that I didn't want them to. I just know that I needed to, I just had to be okay with that decision. And it's not like I did anything so terrible. It's just that I am predictable. (laughs) And what's funny is I think for the East and the West, I think you and I both went a little chalk on our decisions. Um, because for my final four matchup over on this side of the bracket, I had Death Cab and I had the Decemberists, and I went Decemberists, which I think is a choice that literally everybody kind of expected me to make. And it's fine. I feel good about it, actually. Yeah, um, same. And besides, we suffered so much in those early few rounds <laughs> that, you know what, we needed a break. And y'all know, sure. where, you don't know where our heads are at. Don't, don't judge us. <laughs> so, yeah, again, like, I... Again, I've talked about both these bands all the way through my fucking brackets. I really don't have much more to say, but like right. the matchup of these two is, you know, the white guy with glasses versus the other white guy with glasses. And I, at the end of the day, I guess I prefer a happier band, <laughs> a happier band that also sings about whales. Uh, <laughs> end of episode. <laughs> Because that's us, and I know you tend to go more upbeat, and I'm definitely the, like, God, like, well, I don't know, maybe upbeat's not the right word, but I guess we really are, like, the, like, you're really the Fulton Reed to my Dean Portman. It's so true. <laughs> the Like, the moment that you and I realized, like, that is actually our dynamic, like... <laughs> Like, all the planets aligned, and the sun is just shining, and it's like, all right, everything in the universe makes sense now, so. Right? And you're just like this, you know, sweet, you know, do you feel things? And me, I'm just kind of like, let's just knock things over. (laughs) (laughs) Smash things now. So, I think we're going to call it an episode here. Yeah. Uh, Next time, we're going to talk about the other half of our bracket. But, before we do that, would you like to tell the lovely people where they can find us? Yes. We are in a number of places that I think people can enjoy. All right, we'll run down a list. Our show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. And also, you can find these episodes on our website, which is agingheasissues.com slash podcast. In addition to that, we are also on social media because, I mean, who was not in 2020? <laughs> I think it's like Paul Rudd and Jason Manzoukas are like the last two people who aren't on social media. <laughs> it's just like, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck? Not me. Oh my god. <laughs> Ashley runs our Instagram account, TLAT Podcast, and does an amazing job of it. And she does something that is. I think really fun, and I think you would dig it too, is Tuesday Tunes, which on Tuesdays, um, 
Ashley, whether it be something she's listening to throughout the day or just something she just felt like highlighting, will pick a song from a band. And it's a lot of stuff that even I wasn't even aware of. So if nothing else, like it's put me on to some really cool stuff. And I think it'll do the same for you. So definitely check her out, interact there. I run Twitter, you know, the wonderful Twitter, because obviously Instagram scares me. <laughs> See, and, and you are you are less comfortable in Instagram world. And I'm just like, Twitter is a hellscape. Can I, I like, if you go to my personal Twitter feed, it's just like a hockey shit. And then like retweeting of like cute animal videos. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> and that's fine. Like, and I love that. That's honestly a good day on Twitter. Cause you're okay to miss some of the other stuff. <laughs> and that's where I am. So, you know, you could definitely check me out there at TLAT podcast as well. And we, also, just have so much fun doing this and interacting and just, of course, talking about our music opinions. And we'd like to do the same. And if for any reason, if you're all like, I want to interact with talking like a teen, you know, Agent Ashley are really cool, but social media is for squares, man. And I'm a rebel. Like, wow, I'm, that's not. <laughs> anyway, if you're not big on social media and you want to interact with us, we also have an email address, is what I should have said. <laughs> TLAT podcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, that's it for us right now. Uh, we will have the second part of this episode to you soon. Until then, uh, don't get swallowed by a whale. Bye. For more great podcasts, visit adrianhasissues.com.